0: Well, good morning, church. Any time you get a group together, there are going to be some discussion of the rules. Yeah, I see that. The learner plates, turn them around. Let people see those. Do you remember from last week? The L plates. I'm so glad there wasn't other. I was afraid of what that might spell out when they first raised it, <laughs> or tickets out to town or something. Yeah, we're gonna make a rule there too. Anytime, um, anytime you get a group together, there's a discussion of the rules. In fact, sometimes those rules become the whole point of the group. They define themselves by the rules. Many of us grew up in Churches of Christ where we had such definitions by the rules. And people would say, you're the ones who don't do this and you're the ones who believe you have to do this. And And we've done that with other churches as well. We're not unique there. Sometimes you have rules and then you add more rules to make the first rules clearer then you have to add more rules To clarify the others so we start off with 10 commandments and we end up with massive law libraries And in the United States there are over 400 pages of regulations on how to make mayonnaise Some of our grandmothers knew how to do that on their own But rules define us we're a community of faith We're defined in this place by some things such as love and our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and our firm belief that every single person we meet has been made in the image of God and is dearly beloved of God and should be treated appropriately. But if you're from another church of Christ and you've stumbled in here today, you might be wondering what you walked into. I get that. You might be saying what happened to your rules where are the rules here what are the rules here well to answer that question we're going to do something you might expect out of a community of faith we're actually going to crack open the bible and we're going to look to see what it says but if you actually look at what the bible shows you you might be stunned and surprised about what it says about rules how we stay together We have two examples of congregational meetings in Scripture. Are you aware of that in the New Testament? In the Old Testament, they got together all the time. In the New Testament, we have two examples of the congregation getting together to solve an issue and develop rules. One of them could also be called an elders' meeting. We're going to talk about both of these today. We would call it here a shepherds' meeting, and I appreciate them wanting to be called shepherds but it's so far from being a corporate meeting. Most of us grew up with shepherds meetings or elders meetings where a bunch of men who were reasonably gruff, somewhat devoid of personality and charisma, would, would go off into a dark room somewhere and somehow therefore come out and make rules to make sure none of us enjoyed church. At least that was my experience, your mileage may differ. In Acts, we find that's not the way they did it. In Acts chapter 6, we find a congregation that was not at peace. It was struggling. Remember God's big idea? We talk about that a lot here. God's big idea is that all people, all races, all kindreds, tribes, and tongues, all together in one place Loving each other and loving God. That's his big idea. Nobody else has ever had it. Nobody else has ever tried it. Every other group defines itself, at least in part, by who is not in the group and not welcome in the group. God's big idea is open arms. Whosoever will may come. Go gather them in. That's his idea. Well, chapter six groups were gathering, but they weren't gathering well. The Jews had long had a social system given to them by God, and then honed and and refined and added to and such by their traditions to take care of each other. Their orphans were fed. Their widows were watched over. Everybody was taken care of because the community shared this. The Gentiles coming in, and there are all kinds of different Gentiles, did not have these communities. They were used to the bread and the games of the, of the Romans or the Greeks or whatever group they had come from, where if you were poor, you went to certain centers for charity. And now they're in the church, and they're saying, but our widows aren't getting fed. Our, our people aren't being looked after. The Jewish people are doing fine. We're in this church too. So they come before the elders. They complained. Take a look at Acts chapter six, verses one through four. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because the widows were being overlooked in a daily distribution of food. So, the 12 gathered all the disciples together, that's all the followers, this is not apostles or just that group of men, this is all the followers, it would be men and women, boys and girls, and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Now that's rather amazing. Whenever they said, we have a problem, and they took it to the leaders of the church, the leaders of the church said, well then, settle it solve it look among yourselves and find enough people to do it the way that the jews use the word seven means complete or all you need or perfect and so it can sometimes mean seven as in there are seven of them other times it can just mean gather as many as you need find some people let them take care of each other i like that have you, are you surprised that they didn't take any leadership over this and say this is the kind of person you have to find or we will give you the names from which you may choose or the names and you don't get to choose none of that they said you know our job is to talk about Jesus these sort of things you can solve among you sort this out it's up to you I find that wonderful they were the ones building the community that's us We're the ones who see the problems. So fix the problems. Leadership won't get in the way, is what the apostles said. The apostles saw their job as the ministry of Jesus, looking after everybody in the name of Jesus. And so they gave the, this is so important, they gave the community complete freedom in how to solve their issues. God did not come down here to give us more rules. The Jews already had 600-plus from the old testament and the apostles did not react by saying well adopt those over here you ever notice that before and the end result was the church moved forward they continued to thrive they weren't bogged down by bureaucracy weren't bogged down by endless meetings or top down management or nitpicking and the whining and complaining did not get to stop the progression of the church If you don't know about this you need to read the Old Testament some God's not a big fan of whining complaining and murmuring not a bit as in opening up pits letting people fall in them and closing pits not happy with complaining that's it for congregational meetings and then we find a shepherds meeting which they bring the whole congregation into and that's in Acts chapter 15 in Acts chapter 15, it's a congregational meeting. It's an elders' meeting. It's a fun meeting here. It's the universal issue. Guess what it is? The Jewish people have an ancient tradition of being God's chosen people. Kind of like some of us have an ancient tradition in our families of being in this church. Sometimes by that we can mean Fourth Avenue. Other times by that we mean the church of Christ. Whatever it is. We have, in fact, uh, uh, so many times. I'll go to a place. Happened to be this week in Arkansas. And somebody, some sweet soul will introduce themselves and says, I'm one of the original members of this church. Really? I know what they mean. They mean that congregation. But I always do want to ask them, so what was Paul really like? <laughs> We're all, we, we come from this tradition. And the Jews did too. They had over 600 rules. My wife and I were on the island of Jamaica for a vacation. It wasn't a a mission. I don't want to give the wrong impression there. And we had looked after a tour guide who, as I was watching her do the tour, I turned to my wife and I said, she's in pain. Uh, That's something which I work with medically. And so I went, uh, let's just pull back a little bit. And as the group went on, walked up to her said, are you in pain? She said, well, I didn't want, and I said, no, that's what I do, is is I take care of this, and we talked for a while, and uh, I said, let us give you some medicine. She said, you have medicine. I wanted to say, we we live in Detroit, we got whatever you want. (laughs) But I didn't. We gave her over-the-counter stuff, and and she said, well, who are you people? And I said, "We're, uh, we're Christians, and she said, I am too. And she said, what church do you go to? And I said, I'm part of the Church of Christ. And she goes, oh, there's a Church of Christ in our village. And I went, that's wonderful. And she said, I went there once. (laughs) And? And she tried so hard not to tell me. She was trying so hard to be sweet. And she goes, well, I like to praise the Lord. And during a song, I started praising the Lord, and they told me to be quiet. Sometimes we arrive with so many traditions we keep others out We block them We don't mean to I I guarantee you there was not a bad heart in that church wherever they were Because people gathering to follow Jesus are generally good people But they believe God's pleased by the rules and we want to know the rules What are our rules? So the Jews not only believed that about themselves, they demanded conformity to the rules by the new people coming in. They had to be like this too. They had received these rules from God. They had kept them for hundreds of years. Why change anything? Why do we have to change anything? By the way, that's why if you Google them, you will find well over 2,000 variations of light bulb jokes because the whole concept of change, I brought that up in an article that was in e-blast there i've heard so many you know from you know how many church of christ elders does it take to change a light bulb and the answer is change what do you mean change we don't need that sort of thing (laughs) and our shepherds are not like that here to um you know how many zen buddhist does it take to change a light bulb and the answer is a fish which is hilarious if you know anything about Zen Buddhism but the the point I'm trying to make is the whole thing is change we react against change kids and there aren't as many kids as there generally are because all this going out and talking to people about Jesus stuff is anyway um kids you might want your parents to change some of their music dear Lord some of their clothes But something happened. Now, your mother will. Your mother is a sweet, uh, she pays attention. There's something in the Y chromosome of a male that somewhere in the 40s normally, something just clicks, and they walk into the closet, and they say, I'm wearing this the rest of my life. (laughs) And they just wake up in the morning, they slather themselves with wood glue, they run in, whatever sticks, that's what they're wearing and we look and we say, shouldn't there be some change? Is all change good? Of course it isn't. Some change doesn't work. But normally we figure that out and we change again. The way to solve the issue is not to to say no changes. The way to solve the issue is to say, let's come together and discuss this. The Jews wanted God to Rather, they thought God wanted the rules to continue. So they hassled the new Christians. They made Paul's life miserable. So the question they brought to the council in Jerusalem was, what is required? What are our rules? Some of us have been taught so much about congregational autonomy. We're shocked there was a council in Jerusalem that other churches went to to get advice on how to behave as a church just gonna have to deal with it. God's uh, variety of ways of organizing churches, he has a lot more variety than we are comfortable with. In fact, the churches that pulled the books of Timothy and Titus and such out and said, these are authoritative and from God, did not organize the way those books talked about organizing, because they believed God had variety in mind. But regardless, they come together and the call for more rules, it is constant, is it not? More rules. We always want more rules on that other guy. We want more rules constant. There, there, for every event, there are those who wish to regulate it, tax it, control it, determine its limits, or prescribe it entirely. If you don't believe that, do something which will cause great misery and pain in your life. Listen to sports talk radio for a few hours all it is is arguments about the rules arguments that there should be a rule here and that person shouldn't have said that or done that or then add to this another universal human trait and that is the desire to dominate somebody else and control them to be right to be approved to have rank and position and you've got a real problem when you bring together all these different people what kind of rules are going to join us together. How do we govern our affairs? How do we conduct each other as a community? Because we have our own natures that get in the way and want to make rules. How the elders dealt with this crisis in Jerusalem avoided every single pitfall organizations fall into when they are confronted by disorder, disunity, and conflict. It is brilliant in the extreme. Every time I read Acts 15, I get chills and I laugh a little because of how unexpected it is. Plus, then I normally will shake my head because I'm, I've grown up in a church and I never heard a sermon on Acts 15. The only elders meeting mentioned in Scripture and we would never heard a sermon on it. That's tragic. So what'd they do? I want you to read this later. We're going to read bits of it in a bit. They invited everybody together, everybody, men and women, boys and girls. There was no closed door. Everybody got together. They listened for as long as it took for everybody to have their say. Sometimes that's all you want, isn't it? To have your say. I want to be heard. So you're heard. Poor, I feel sorry for worship leaders because the only successful worship leader is a person that makes everybody in the church equally uncomfortable. Really. Because some of you think in heaven all they're singing are Gaither songs. And they're not. Not any. (laughs) You see, we have a disagreement here, don't we? I lit up today when they sang that last song, which is an ancient hymn. You could tell because it has us and these in it. And those are the ones that I remember. Not because I lived back in the 1800s and 1600s and 1500s, but because that's what you sing in British churches. Some of you would have been going, what? No. Well, go back to my lighthouse, which I also love. The point I'm trying to make is, how do we then make our decisions? What do we do? Not just about worship, but about everything. About instruments, acapella, about who to hire as minister, who to fire as soon as possible, whatever you need to do. So the elders met with everybody. They listened as long as it took to get the stories told. There's no indication that they interrupted anybody or cut anybody short. In fact, our American Supreme Court is modeled upon the Jewish congregational meeting style. Are you aware of that? Intentionally, it is. About hearing both sides, then oral arguments, and then open questioning, and then a decision. Well, after hearing everything, all the emotions, the apostles and elders then heard testimony. Their next question wasn't what should we do, but what is God doing in your lives? We only hear of one side here, and that's in Acts 15, verse 12. The Gentiles said, God is just moving forward. He's doing great things, and then they praised God for it. James is the first in the elders or apostles group to speak. He's depicted here as a chief spokesman, and that bothers some people too. They'll think, we're not supposed to have any chief spokesman. Chief spokesman, in this case, if you look at the passage, means nothing like chief. It merely means this is a guy that... Spoke. He's not making rules. The elders and apostles had a chief spokesman. There he is. But he took no authority or freedom away from anybody. None. In fact, his first statement was a quotation from Amos 9. Let's put that up. In that day, I will restore David's fallen shelter... I will repair its its broken walls and restore its ruins I will rebuild it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name declares the Lord who will do these things so his in other words first of all he reminded them God isn't here for Jews he isn't here for Gentiles he's here for everybody And what does that entail? It means he's not looking for conformity. If you think God wants conformity, would you explain to me the variety that you find in nature? He has never shown us an interest in conformity. The primary concern of the apostles and James and the elders was they want to be on board with Jesus. What will it take to gather the people Together, that's all. And then in Acts fifteen nineteen, he gives the organizing principle for the church. Here it is: It is in my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. He didn't answer the question. Well, should they? Should they have to do circumcision? Should they have to follow the holy day? Should they have to keep kosher? Should they have to? He's saying, in our community, in God's big idea. We don't make it hard for people to get in here. Are you glad? I am thrilled. I find this to be amazing. It is one of the most stunning and powerful statements in the New Testament, and it's almost never remarked upon. Let's not make this harder than it has to be. Many of us grew up in churches that were so hard, we left them, did we not? I know I did. We left them. We were broken. We only timidly stuck our head back in the door. Some of you right now are still even fearful about your standing before God. Let me remove that. If you are a baptized believer, you're saved. Enjoy it. Rejoice in it. God's not going to make it harder than it has to be. We aren't either. Jesus, I'm james main concern was that christians act like christians he showed zero concern about worship style and that was part of this issue he showed zero concern about circumcision or holidays or keeping laws in fact he tells the people i love it in chapter 15 verse 21 he says if you want the law it's already been read in all the synagogues you've got it in other words you want to keep all those rules you can keep those rules but you don't get to tell other people to keep those rules in other words God allows us to as the declaration and address said in 1809 exist in separate communities as long as we're in fellowship with each other how different from how we were raised some of us the entire church then met that would have been in a Jewish tradition all people 12 years old and up including the females They had a letter read to them from the elders and apostles and were told that the elders and apostles were going to send people with the letters to all these churches so nobody could say, well, you're just making that up. No, this is what the council says. The letter is written in Acts 15 and it doesn't address any of the issues they brought. It gives an overriding principle instead. Look at Acts chapter 15, verses 28 and 29. It seemed good to the, what is that next word? Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements you're to abstain from food sacrifice to idols from blood the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality you will do well to avoid these things and that's it. Now you might be going well where'd the blood thing come from? Well it didn't come from the Jewish people asking their laws to be kept that was a real issue of the day you had Christians that were hanging out in pagan temples going through pagan stuff where they strangled animals and they mixed with blood and they drank the blood and then they'd come to church and he's going don't act like pagans act like Christians that's all he's saying your rules have been stripped down to that by the Holy Spirit of God don't act like the world they're not going God's not gonna put rules on you about clapping, hand raising, uh, about instruments, about a cappella. All those things we get as a community to work out in love. But we don't even have to work out most of them because if you love people, you know what? I'll sing a Gaither song. I will. I won't rejoice, but I'll do it. <laughs> and if you're hurt, I don't mean to hurt you. The point is this. Doesn't everybody have different musical styles they like and others they don't? I once almost walked into a youth concert in Detroit that was hip-hop and rap worship. I'll explain the almost. I got out of my car in the parking lot, and I was already vibrating. (laughs) I made it into the lobby. I could hear my brain cells screaming their death cry (laughs) and i thanked god that the kids in there were so turned on about jesus but i said if it's all right with you i'd like to go worship you somewhere else right now and it was i'm happy they're doing what they're doing thrilled what else would i want them to be doing i'm not going to criticize that are you kidding but it's not my style there aren't a whole lot of 57 year old white scottish rappers I'm, if they're worshiping God, I will not make it hard on them by putting a rule in their way. Because God didn't. The Holy Spirit did not. Shepherds viewed their rules, their role rather, not as lawkeepers and lawmakers, but as keepers of peace and freedom. Again, Galatians 5, 1 through 6. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself to be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. By the way, Paul still circumcised people like Timothy, but he did it because it was a Jewish tradition. He's saying to the Galatians, "You're not Jews. You don't need to do this." You who've been trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ, as many of us were by the laws, as many of us were by the traditions. You've fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. In other words, it's not done by law, it's done by the Spirit. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's the only thing that counts and again paul circumcised timothy after he did this but it was because they're jews they do that he said it doesn't change his relationship to jesus christ at all i'm really glad we have to fight people enough to baptize them can you imagine if somebody goes i've been baptized am i in We'll say well good question uh, bob but there is one more thing i'm so glad we don't have to do this We also don't have to tell them now, you behave in worship too, and here are the rules. Our rules are this, act like Christians, don't act like pagans. That's your rule. If you're thinking, well, that's just not enough rules. That's the human being in you crying out, for something righteous you can see and fulfill and hand to God. Remember this, when Aaron made the golden calf at the bottom of Mount Sinai, he wasn't trying to get them to worship another God. He said, this is the God that brought you out. In other words, we want you to be able to see it, control it, understand it. No, you can't do that with God. Just don't act like pagans. If you wonder what that looks like, some of you are going out to lunch later. Remember this when your server comes up. The person that serves you is more important than that meal. If the meal's wrong, if they spill on you, if they are slow, you treat them as a child dearly beloved by God who needs to know that and see it, even if it means the meal's not good. Well, What if you take your car to a place to be repaired and you think they've taken you for some money? What were you going to do with that money anyway? It is merely bits of paper that'll burn at the end of the world barbecue. (laughs) But that person, even if they're dishonest, will live forever. And this is their moment to see somebody love them in the name of Jesus. Don't act like the world. Act like a Christian. That's our job. So we sing songs together, and we hold hands together, free to be the redeeming people of God, redeeming every thought, every interaction, until all creation is redeemed. And that should keep you busy enough, I would think. The people who heard this were encouraged in chapter 15, verse 31, not because they won an argument, because nobody did, but because their arguments weren't even addressed. They were merely given freedom and peace to follow Jesus in every place they could the best they could without binding anything on each other that's what a shepherd's meeting looked like in god's church that's what our community is like and so if you're looking thinking well why do they allow that and why did they change that this community wants to serve people that sing a cappella and the people that like instruments We want to serve people that are black and white. We want to serve people that are rich and poor. We want to serve people that are Republican, Democrat, and confused. (laughs) We want to be the community that acts so much like Jesus. There's room in here for you, whoever you are. That's Acts 15. That's Acts chapter 6. Jesus didn't die to bring us a new community full of rules that were hard to keep and hard to understand or even hard to find in Scripture. He had to find them by their not being there. The rule of silence. <laughs> really? He came to bring all of us together in one joyous, redeeming fellowship. I got to speak this week in a little town population just over a thousand in the Ozarks of Arkansas. And yet, we filled the church building with not only members of the Churches of Christ, but the Assembly of God, the Baptist, the Methodist, independent community churches. We talked for two days about the unity and freedom we have in Jesus Christ and the love we share. In the middle of a place that you might think would be backward, the Spirit is on the move. He's on the move here. He's on the move at Otter Creek. He's on the move in Detroit. He's in the move everywhere. Don't hold back. Move and change as he moves and changes. Sing what we need to sing. Pray what we need to pray. Go where we need to go, for we are the community of the redeemed, and we will redeem all other things in return. We are the people of the Prince of Peace. We will not sully his reputation with complaining. Our rules are simple express your faith in love love God and love each other and that should keep you busy enough would you stand please for the benediction we'll ask Mark to bring his team up in our world people define themselves and divide themselves if you're a member of that team or you went to that college you need to have stickers on your car and wear certain colors If you believe in this or believe in that, you need to be going to a church with that name on it or you need to be doing this. No, no. We will be marked by love. Love of God. Love of each other. Until this world is redeemed. May the grace and peace and love of the Lord be with you and shine through you. May you use your freedom in Christ to joyfully redeem all people, all interactions, all things in your path, until that day when we gather together around the throne in heaven, one big family, God's big idea. May you be blessed.